Now, it's time for the Cybersecurity News Bite with Jim Guckin. Cybersecurity News Bite, episode number 71 for October 16th, 2023. Blockchain exploited in malware campaign. Toddycat exploiting exchange servers. Alf V Gang stole 5 terabytes of data from a hospital and dark gate malware spreading via messaging. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. So glad you could join me once again. Apologies because even though this is the show for October 16th, it's being recorded on the 17th, had some computer problems. Um, that has been fixed now, so I can go back to recording, uh, as normal. Uh, you can see, you know, if you're on my YouTube channel, you can see me again. Um, so we, we should be back, uh, to, to our full working, um, thing. Uh, I am your host, Jim Guckin. Uh, this is Cybersecurity News Bite, where we talk about the cybersecurity news, uh, that I think you should pay attention to. Um, who am I? Who knows? But, uh, I spent a lot of time reading cybersecurity articles, uh, so these are the ones that kind of caught my att- attention, and we'll talk about why. So the first story we have here is um, a new technique in malware. Uh, the first I've heard, um, but it was very interesting. So this new technique was detected about two months ago um, by a cybersecurity company called uh, Etherhide. Or I'm um, sorry, they called the attack Etherhiding. Uh, Guardio Labs is the one, the cybersecurity company who found this, and. The reason why this was interesting to me is that it's actually using the blockchain to uh, keep it running, uh, keep the command and control servers around so that, you know, they can host the files and make it hard to, harder to take down. So they are using specifically Binance's smart chain contracts. Uh, it's Binance Smart Chain, also BSC, if you're in that world and you are familiar with it. Um, so... The what they do here and the initial method is, is they compromise WordPress sites. And when you go to these compromised WordPress sites, they display a fake, hey, your browser needs to be updated kind of uh, alert. Uh, and the whole thing is that you click on it. It asks you to download the update. This update usually has some kind of informa- information stealing malware uh, for this particular attack. Uh, the popular ones were Redline, Luma or uh Amaday. Now, Cloudflare found where some of these files were hosted, and they took it down. And then the malware creators had to figure out a a way of doing this um, in a new fancy way, you know, innovate in the malware space. Uh, So what they did was they pivoted to take advantage of the decentralized, um, hard-to-track, anonymous... Uh, and and the public nature of the blockchain. And they've gone back to these WordPress sites and they injected it with some JavaScript that has been made so that you can't easily read it with human eyes. They've they've kind of done like the magic trick with it where they put it behind a box and even if you try to take a peek, it's very hard to see uh, what's going on under there. And this new JavaScript queries the um, Binance's smart chain and it creates a contract with an attacker-controlled blockchain address. Uh, and then from there, it fetches the second part of the um, script, which in turn goes and gets a third part of the script, 
uh, and really this is the payload portion of it, um, from a command and control server, and you get your quote-unquote update from the website. Now, the interesting thing here, and why this is something that I think you need to pay attention to, is this is a lot harder to um, defend against. You know, the address uh, that they are using for this um, blockchain address has been tagged multiple times in phishing schemes, um, but there's no way, because it's a decentralized model, there's no one place you can take it off the, the, uh, the blockchain. I mean, that's why the blockchain is so popular, from what I understand. I'm not a blockchain expert. But, you know, it's the fact that you can't easily go to one place and take it down like we can with normal hosting. You know, like I said, Cloudflare saw it. They took it down previously. But now it's on the blockchain. There's no central spot to take this stuff down. Um, and when it comes to trying to identify um, this attacker, um, they, have no they have noticed... Um, some uh, malware that they've been deploying, malware loaders, um, that they refer to as IDAT, I-D-A-T loader, and hijack loader. And they looked at kind of the infrastructure that it sees. Um, it loads um, some, uh, they call them commodity stealers and Trojans. Um, commodity stealers meaning obviously to steal your money. Uh, on the blockchain, obviously they're gonna target uh, cryptocurrency. Um, but that's not it. They, they can take money from anything. Um, but the commodity stealers like DanaBot, Luma, uh, Raccoon, Redline, Remcos, SystemBC, and Vidar. Now, the loader file called IDAT and Hijack Loader um, have a little bit of an overlap in the command and control um, system. The, the, the servers in which get the commands to pass down to the infected machines. So they're thinking that the... the that the group who does hijack loader is probably the same group uh, that does the uh, IDAT loader. And this, from my standpoint, once again, not a security researcher, just a secure or security news, not news, security person who reads things and then repeats it back to you. Um, but from my opinion, and it's just an opinion, uh, there is a lot of overlap. We've talked about it on the show before. There's a lot of overlap between what groups um, split and they take code with themselves or they use some of these services or they take code from others and improve upon it. So the fact that there is some overlap doesn't necessarily mean it, but I'm going to trust the fact that um, Guardio Labs has real researchers, not me, who look into this and, and, and see it. But is it the overlap of the, of the command and control server we've seen before? Usually it means it's the same um, attacker, but you never know. So the reason I mention this is not because it's really hard to defend against. Um, and you can't sit there and block every WordPress site. I, I mean, you could probably block anything that's off of WordPress.com, but that's not really helpful because a bunch of sites, including Cybersecurity Newsbyte and JimGuckin.com, both run off a of WordPress site that is hosted by me. And, you know, we've talked a lot of times on the show um, that you have to be careful when you host WordPress sites because you're constantly having to update them because they're constantly looking for things to attack. And it's not just WordPress itself. It's whatever things you add on to WordPress um, in the background, the plugins. So why I can't give you a simple, here's how you defend against yourself, I'm giving you the information so that you can at least be aware of it and maybe tell your users, like, look, if you get there and the browser says, hey, you need to update 
maybe just call the IT department to just verify that as something. Um, because as I said, it could be on this blockchain malware and then good luck trying to do anything that will that will save your computer once again. Because there's not a simple thing to block anymore. For our second story, uh, Toddy Cat, not Tidy Cat, Toddy Cat, T-O-D-D-Y Cat, uh, which is a well-known uh, advanced persistent threat group, an APT group, um, known for targeting mostly in Europe and Asia. Um, and the reason I want to mention them is, like most businesses, and maybe not the best part of businesses sometimes, uh, is they evolve. They get better. They add new new, new kind of rigmarole to their, um, to their toolkit. So, uh, Toddycat has been found to have some new software they're pushing out now, which uh, involves a whole new to uh, tool set, uh, some data theft malware built into their tools, uh, lateral movement techniques changing from the way they did it previously, and some espionage operations. And that goes to show you that either they've gotten new talent in, or for some reason they have had to pivot some of their... Um, their techniques to kind of uh, evade detection around some systems though. It's kind of interesting because some of the new tools that they have are your standard loader files, but they to pull down and load stuff on your computer. They have some custom ones. Uh, they have, a, they use a program called Lin, uh, Ninja. They have a, a lo-fi SE, which is a file collection uh, software. They have a Dropbox uploader should make sense when it does upload things to Dropbox uh, PC, uh, uh, PC Exter. Um, passive UDP backdoor, obviously, so they can control, and the famous toll set from almost every hacker group out there right now, Cobalt Strike, so that they can gain persistence and um, use whatever Swiss Army Life tools are in there to make sure that they stay in your network. Now, I mentioned this, it, and it's not because Toddycat has gotten um, bigger in the, in the last uh, few weeks or few months. It's that they're using this brand new tool set these brand new skills, these new um, tactic, uh, techniques, tactics, and uh, procedures to specifically attack right now exchange servers. And some companies have made the move to um, cloud-hosted stuff, and that's fine, but if it's based off an exchange server itself, so even if it's like Amazon and it's hosting an exchange server, or if it is, you know, um, an exchange server that is configured by some third party, um, you need to pay attention because this is what this group is going after. Now, as I said, right now they're targeting um, specifically Europe and Asia, um, but you never know when things might cross and they, you know, they want to hit where they can. Um, so they're attacking exchange servers um, by infiltrating the networks with loader files and Trojans, the same way they normally come through, probably a, a phishing email or some way of getting people to click and run a file. That's how that starts. Uh, then they kind of collect data about the host connected to the network. This is where network segmentation comes in handy. Because if you segment the network, then when they're looking around to see what's on the network, they, it would be harder for them to see servers specifically. Um, now, you might be able to see a port opening, which gives them kind of an idea, but it's not a wide open. They can scan the exchange server. So they, they, they enumerate the domain, meaning they see everything that's on there. They get an idea of your, your network layout. Probably have some app on the back to, to kind of piece it all together so they have a visual way of looking at it. They also look at your domain accounts 
and any other servers that might be there. And some of this is just basic tools they're using, like um, ping. Just ping things in the network, see if they're up. Um, this doesn't mean they're necessarily, at this point, even bringing in advanced tools. They're using the tools that are built. They're living off of what's on that computer. Um, so it's very interesting. Um, they create some tasks to, to, to gain some persistence and, and launch some tools. And the task names they use are very common, so that if you were looking for them, they wouldn't necessarily... Um, grab your attention off the top of your head. So some of these were like one, uh, they used one called TCPD. Um, and, and, and this is also, they can gain a persistent session on these servers. And then what they do is, is they, once they get everything they want, they gather their files, they archive them, and then they kind of split them off into a public storage site, which is probably Dropbox because as I said, they have a Dropbox loader into their malware. Um, but they can use other tools. I'm sure they can pivot to wherever they need to to get the stuff out of Dropbox for some reason is blocked in your organization. Uh, you know, OneDrive, they can get some free storage. Uh, Google, they can have some free storage. Whatever it is, they will find a way of uploading those files there. And then once they're X-filled, well, then they're going to either encrypt your network or they may just kind of hold you for ransom. Um, so you kind of want to be making sure that you have some kind of network detection tool to be able to see if um, you're seeing a large amount of files being copied off of a server or um, some other thing, and then being, you know, kind of pushed to the internet um, would be number one thing that maybe not even toddy cap, but most normal uh, malware or ransomware groups are going to do that nowadays. They're going to take your data and take it off site. That way, even if you pull from a backup, uh, they are going to sit there and go, well, we still have your data and we still will release it. So please still give us money. They've called on. They're smarter now at this point. Uh, most places have some kind of backup. If you don't, then you're really at the mercy of them. Um, but most places have a backup that you can kind of do. And, and depending on how long a hacker is in your network, they may or may not have something on that backup. But, you know, having your data physically is always uh, something you have to be concerned about. And then you get into the, the conversation of, you know, do you have to pay or do you not pay? And um, even if you pay, does that data go away? It's always out there. That kind of hard stuff. So please make sure if you have an exchange server, you spend extra time hardening that and making sure that you pay attention to what activity is going on there, as well as any other servers in your network. This is general security stuff that you just kind of make sure that you uh, that you keep safe uh, and, and, and your servers, even if your network's breached, you want to just make it as hard as possible. You're never going to be able to keep every hacker out of your system, but just make it as hard as possible. For our third story this week, um, and it's an interesting one, not from the tactic portion of it, um, but Alfie or the Black Cat Ransomware Group, which is a known hacker group. We've talked about them on the show before. Um, recently put a uh, Illinois hospital on their leak site for their tour or their, their leak site for their on their tour leak site. Uh, and they specifically called out Morrison Community Hospital. And. The uh, Black Cat or Alfie um, group claims to have five terabytes of patient data, employee data, backups, PII documents, and more. And they have published a sample of this data as proof that they have stolen the data. This is all stuff we've talked about in the past. They, they often do this as a way to ensure that you, you're more likely to pay. If they can show you the data they have, because anyone can say, I saw your data, you pay, and you're never really sure if they have it. Um, this group, very sophisticated, so they come out and show you. 
Now, where this story caught my attention and why this is something um, I think we need to talk about more on the show is the next step. Black Cat, Alfie, started contacting journalists around the area. Um, and they are... Well, first of all, they said that the Morrison Community Hospital hasn't provided a clear response to them. Yeah, they're probably trying to get their heads around this whole thing, but they 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 they, they kind of tweaked the uh, the thread up a little more, saying that they're just going to start calling the patients of this hospital if they're not paid. And it really is an interesting thing because you you wouldn't want anyone in that kind of state to to, to really think about, hey, do we have to pay this before they start contacting our customers? There's no way that that ends up in a good spot for you or your organization. The blowback is going to be uh, outrageous, but like this goes to show the continuing evolution of this scheme. Before it was, we encrypt your files, you pay us, you get them back. And then people had backups or had other uh, sites in which they could fall to. Well, now it's let's exfiltrate your data take it off the network and put it into our network and we'll encrypt it. That way, even if you can back it up, we still have a copy of your data and we will force you for that. We've talked about how that evolved into some groups doing a uh, exfil ransomware and a DDoS attack. This one I would say is probably where so DDoS is like we've talked about on the show. Why they're very powerful. They only last for a very short period of time. If the hackers start calling or, or emailing or however they're going to reach out to these patients, that's something that doesn't go away quickly. You you quickly erode the trust. Um, and that's something that, you know, I think probably just turns that dial up a little more. I mean, it's, it's worse than a DDoS attack. You can take that. And in fact, most companies probably aren't even hosting their own websites anymore. It's someone else. So this is definitely a way to make the next step to force a company to pay them. Now, while I was reading this, uh, I found a kind of a, a number for uh, 2023 so far. And this comes from uh, Brett Callow, who is a threat analyst. Uh, he said that, that there were reported 29 U.S. health systems, which had about 90 hospitals between the 29 systems that have been impacted by ransomware. And at least... 23 of the 29. So the majority of these uh, health systems had data stolen. So it is a continuing thing that if you work in the healthcare thing, it's it's they have a good uh, a, a good ability to steal that data and probably for, for force most people to pay. So it, it's it's a very interesting um, way to look at things right now that you probably need to make sure that your network is uh, tip-top shape so that you can avoid um, being the next victim here because they they do a pretty good job. Like only six in, in 2023 uh, didn't have data stolen. So just an idea, like this group is doing it and here's, and now they're doing it. If this, if, if this is successful, which I didn't have the, was it or wasn't it in the news article? And honestly, most places don't tell you if they pay the ransom or not. Um, this is going to come to other ransomware groups because this is a genius way. If you get your, if you get the client data, 
and you threaten to go to their clients, most businesses are going to have a hard time not paying it. Especially considering most of them have, you know, cyber insurance at this point. Um, I'm not in favor. I'm not shaming anyone who's done this. It is a hard, hard decision for a business to make. Um, and I don't think there's a right answer, but I mean, if, if you're stuck in that situation, you know, my, I have no advice for you. The best thing I can tell you is don't get in that position in the first place, spend money in your cybersecurity program, make sure that you're following your standards and make sure that your standards, whatever standard you pick, NIST, uh, any kind of framework out there, um, that that is the beginning of your security program, not the end. It's a good place to get if you have none. Build up that program, but then keep going beyond the minimum of that program so that you keep yourself safe. And it's hard because it's not easy to protect against everything, but prepare for them to start calling clients and patients. For our final story this week, um, there is a new malware called Darkgate spreading out there. It is a visual basics for applications, so a VBA script. And what it does is it loads other programs. The difference here is this pretends to be a PDFs, um, you know, file that they're tr someone's trying to share with you. Now, Darkgate is not a new malware. If you've been around for a while, it was found back in uh, 2018, uh, November 2018, by Fortinet. And the malware really hasn't changed much in that. It, it's it's a uh, it's a script designed to launch the malware. It harvests uh, data from your web browser, so anything you might have saved in there for making things easier, your credit cards and so forth, passwords. It grabs that. It looks, or I'm sorry, it it's it starts mining cryptocurrency on your computer. It can control your computer, uh, and it can download whatever other payloads they want. Um, to give them access to whatever they want on your computer. So it's their computer. And we've talked about what they can pivot with that. Like, you know, they, they can, you know, send traffic out and pretend to be you, other stuff like that. But to make it simple, it's not good. Nothing is good when you run this program. Um, so now Darkgate has kind of made its resurgence. Um, it is spread by uh, some instant messaging platforms, um, whether it's Skype or Teams. Uh, the interesting thing right now is they, they're not quite sure how the hackers are getting these Skype or Teams accounts. Um, they might be something that was um, found through some kind of leaked website. Like, hey, here's a password. They tried on this Skype or Microsoft Teams. They get in. So no form of MFA or other security thing enabled. So if you have your own personal Skype or Teams, make sure you have MFA enabled. Um because these are just leaks. There's, they have a username and password, they get in. And what is interesting is they use these connections that this account has to spread this malware. Um, as I said, the main way is they send you a file in a, in a um, PDF and you click it and you run it and it installs the malware. Uh, another way that they sometimes do it is they send um, a message containing a zip file in that zip file is a link file, meaning it's not the actual file points somewhere else. Um, and then that LNK file runs a, the Visual Basics uh, application script to retrieve uh, autoit3.exe uh, and the malware itself. 
now we've talked about how it spreads. The reason is, is once again, goes to my, to my treat hackers like business people. The reason there's an uptick in use and why, you know, it kind of has been from November, 2018. It's been around for a while. It's kind of older is that the person who created it has decided to use this malware and advertise it on underground forums as a malware, as a service used to be owned and private by groups who paid for it or, um, individuals. Now it's being turned into that malware as a service, that business model of recurring uh, expenditure. You you plug in the information and then you, you just use the tools. So you don't even have to be a real programmer to understand the stuff. Most of these malware as a services run uh, the same way a lot of as a service things run. They're very quick click buttons. Yeah, type this, do this, click here to exploit the machine. Like it's very easy to do. So that's why it's come full circle around and it's a lot more used now and why you're seeing the resurgence in it because it's just recently been monetized like everything else is nowadays. Now I want to say how you protect yourself is very simple. This is still based on social engineering. It abuses the trust in the company or the person in the account which they have compromised. So if you're expect, or if you've talked to Jim Guckin at cybersecurity news bite on a chat, and then three months later, here it comes again. Hey, I got this file. You know, can you open it for me? Or, you know, here's a bill or whatever they use, whatever social social engineering tactics they use. That's how they do it. So there's an inherent trust in some of these things that are especially in the uh, contact. And they, are, they, they, they will hijack an existing thread, meaning it, it, there was already a conversation there. You may be in the middle of a conversation, leave for the night. They find one that's very fresh and they start using that one. So if there is a history turned on on your chats, that is something they will use to help spread their malware and gain control of the system and do whatever they're going to do with it. So protect yourself by one, not trusting anything you may get over an unsolicited instant message. But, and that I really, it feels, it feels like late 90s, early 2000s for me to say instant message. Um, but that's kind of the way things are going. Teams is becoming more and more popular. Skype is becoming more and more popular, especially if people live uh, across country from each other. You know, they may not have a long distance plan, so they use this or they're calling international. So you have to watch that. But look for things that are out of normal. As a social engineering attack, it's the same way you can defeat most social engineering attacks is not to click before you think or verify things outside of different channels. So that's the best you can do to protect yourself. But um, be aware because sometimes old things are new again. Thank you so much for listening to Cybersecurity News Bite. You can find more, including the show notes, on cybersecuritynewsbite.com. You can find us on all your favorite podcasting software. Uh, if it lets you, please rate us or leave comments. Uh, we would love to hear from them. You can always reach out and, and, and talk to me, emmy at jimguckin.com, where uh, we can continue any kind of conversation you want uh, offline. Uh, you can find out more about me at my website, jimguckin.com. Uh, both were mentioned in today's show. Uh, so please make sure you stay safe online, and we'll talk again next week. You've been listening to the Cybersecurity News Byte with Jim Guckin. Learn more about our show at cybersecuritynewsbyte.com. 